so he's in here. That means everything's recording. All right. So from this point forward, you are being recorded for quality assurance purposes. Cool. Uh, <laughs> but how are you, man? It's been a little while since I've seen you. It's been good, man. Just chilling, working, and hanging out with the family. The usual. Yeah, I feel like once you get to a certain age, that becomes so standard, you know? No, oh, yeah. Just, just working. Yeah, <laughs> working, hanging out at home. You know, I feel like that's everyone's response after, let's say, the age of 20. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, like, yeah, if, you're, if you have kids and stuff like, like that. That's, well, that's a whole other level. Like the kid. Yeah, dude. I, when you're home. Hmm? Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, when you have kids, I feel that you might have a, oh, baseball tournament this weekend. That's about it. Working baseball, working soccer, you know. Just taking them to their activities and shit, right? Yeah, pretty much. Like, I got a 10-year-old and I got a 4-year-old, so. They're kind of a handful right now. That 10-year-old, she's she's giving a little attitude, but what do you expect <laughs> from a 10-year-old little girl? Are they at home learning, too? Yeah, yeah, they're both home learning. The little one is, she's in kindergarten. She goes to Chicago Public Schools. Okay. And and she the teacher says she's doing well, actually. Her mom, she's, her mom's a stay-at-home mom, so he helps her out with everything she needs and stuff. That's definitely helpful. Yeah, dude, especially with all this stuff that's going on. Oh, yeah, COVID disrupted a, a bunch in you know, life. Like I just said, uh, I recorded um, the October 5th episode uh, a couple days ago with uh, Peter. So by the time everyone hears this, it'll already be out like a week. But I hadn't seen him in months. And oh, wow. Just COVID pushed us back, and there's nothing we can really do about it. Um, but you're the first person I've had to talk about, like, with the Chicago, like, school systems being all online and everything like that, though. So that's interesting. That's a different take on it. No, yeah. And actually, they're, they're helping out a lot. That They actually gave her a tablet she could take home and study with it. And it's actually, it's, she's, she's having fun. First, she was shy. She didn't want to do it. But after a while, she got her confidence and she started being being happy with other kids, talking, dancing, the usual with <laughs> kindergartens. It, except now it's all over, you know, a tablet instead of in person. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's for sure. But at the same time, you want that interaction where your kids having fun with other kids, playing tag and having oh, yeah. the friends and all that stuff. Especially the physical aspect of it, you know. They used to run right. us like crazy. We'd play tag or yeah, go on the jungle gym for 15 minutes and like we'd be tired as could be. All right, now you guys going to listen to me? <laughs> you want to sit still while we read a book? Right. That's 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 something that's that's awesome. Like you get the activities, you get to go out and play in the playground. It was fun. I remember when I was a little kid, it was a blast for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think my childhood would have been as good if it wasn't running around, camping, doing all the outdoorsy stuff. It's just, you really do have to find an alternative to it. You know, like, you can't play tag 100% of the time right now because you're not supposed to be within six feet. So what's the alternative? Like, do they have a gym class now? Honestly, uh, they just get up and dance. That's it. They just <laughs> dance in front of the tablet. They put on music and they start singing songs and they dance in front of the tablet. That's pretty much it. It's it's pretty funny, but 
I agree. It doesn't really replace tag in, in all those games, like Ghost of the right. Graveyard and stuff. Right, that's true. That's true. We had a good when we were younger. I feel every generation says that. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right. You're right about that. But I will take a moment to say welcome in to the Zach Pack podcast. I think this is episode 12. I'm eventually going to stop saying what numbers these are because I keep forgetting. This yeah, is... You've been doing... hmm? Sorry about that. Sorry about that. You're, no, you're talking. <laughs> you're good. Bring it on. No, I'm just saying that it's awesome that you're doing these podcasts, man. These, they're legit. I did listen to them like, from the beginning from the start. I'm like, they're, they're pretty dope, too. Thank you. And uh, I know that you have... I, w- I don't... What's a good way to put it? I don't... I don't want to say you have downtime at work, but you have like solo time where you can like pop an AirPod in and listen to podcasts and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Like when I'm at work, like like everybody's on their own thing, and everybody's like they're piping their own room, like like just making sure all the boxes, like just basically making sure the units are done. And I'm basically working by myself, so I could just throw in AirPods and listen to music, to blues, to AirPods, podcasts, whatever. See, that's exactly why I wanted to start this because everyone has like different skills in life. And I always thought that mine was like speech. I could never write a paper or I could never do anything where it was like physical. But when it came down to speaking or telling stories or making someone laugh with a stupid story I made up on the spot, like like improv kind of, I always felt like I kind of had something. And I'm not saying by any means I'm, I'm good uh, at, at doing podcasting or anything, you know, I, can definitely improve but it's 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 good and the reason it was made or it's good for me to do this like you said because i was in the same boat where i was alone at work and if i wasn't listening to rogan or like pka or like the graham stefan podcast i would have nothing and music for a while it, it gets you zoned like zone like in into the job or just zoned out so time flies by but at a certain point it's like i me personally i want to listen to a conversation and i'm actually really glad that you you said that's helping you out through work because that's exactly why i wanted to do it no yeah dude that i was listening to the ones you had with cruz karen jose i think yeah, Jose was one of the last ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, like, I listened to them. I, was li- I listened to all three in one day. And I'm like, damn. damn. And it passes the time. I'm like, yeah, I like it. I'm like, I got to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cruz, Cruz was mentioning in the group, pod- er, group podcast, in the group chat that we have going on that you wanted to hop on, and we started texting on the side. And that kind of leads me to the next topic. Uh this is uh, my first podcast, not in person. So we're over Discord right now. So I have my mic set up, and then Lewis here is rocking AirPods. So <laughs> we're not face to face. So you may hear some of that that overlap, or if there's a little quiet, we'll both kind of start talking at the same time because we don't have that face to face. You know no, no uh, physical clues saying that someone else is going to start talking. Right. We're going to have right. those overlaps. Exactly. But so far, you know, we've been talking a little bit before the podcast, and I feel like it's been going decently. It's going well, that's for sure. So, and I'm happy to do this, dude. This is fun. Yeah, th- thanks for hopping on. I-, I said one of the solo podcasts I did, I said, you know, I'm going to do these every week. 
if anyone wants to hop on, I'm open to talk to anyone about pretty much about anything. I, right. I personally want this to be looked back on from, you know, now that you are going to record this podcast where we're talking about, you know, how you got into your work and, you know, just some funny stories and stuff happening with it. You can look back on this podcast and listen to it later in life or, you know, your kids, you know, they can listen to and you have this as history now. That's true. That's true. So do you want to start talking about what you do and what made you want to get into it? Oh, well, I will, I'm actually an electrician for the union. And I've been doing it for, God knows, five years. One year with the union, but I've been doing the trades for five years. Okay. But I didn't start. I didn't start off as an electrician. I started as a taper. One of the worst jobs ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, what What does a taper do opposed to an electrician? Um. So basically, once the drywall's hung up, after the drywall guys, we come in and basically have them tape the joints, all the cracks, all the drywalls have to come together, and we have to put fill them in with these mud. And basically. Oh, okay. We would have to go back at least three to four times just to finish one wall. And just imagine mudding, sanding, muddy sanding. It's just, it's just brainless work for me. That's what I felt. And I did it for like about a few months. And yeah, then I'm like, I, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, I've done drywalling before too. And you would have jobs for us. You know, we'd have to drive a half hour out sand it down or we get there and it's not dry yet you gotta oh well we gotta give it more time so you gotta wait yep. around and wait for it and stuff i didn't know that's that's how you got your start though yeah yeah I, I actually was in tapers union as well but it wasn't for me like i just I, like you have to have a light touch and i got a heavy hand right. so every time i would go in with a mud knife it would just be nothing it would just be bad so like you know what screw this and so I got put on through a family friend uh, into starting to electrical. Okay. And I didn't know Jack. I didn't know Jack nothing. So I actually went to school on my own, out of my own money and everything. I went, oops, sorry. <laughs> I went to a trade school. Okay. And, um, good. <laughs> all, right, all right, cool. I went to a trade school and um, I learned everything like from learning how to bend pipe to safety to learning the national code books, uh, circuitry, PLCs. It's, it's something that's actually I'm passionate about and it makes your mind work instead mm -hmm. of just being a taper and just being at one spot and just covering holes. This actually works your mind and your hands and your body. It's just, it's every day is different, not the same. And, I mean, when you started, so you're saying you went through the first union to be a taper, which I didn't know was a thing. Is that just like a, a general drywall kind of uh, union? So, so their, their unions are with the uh, painters union. So they're two, tra two trades that are in the same union. They're okay. different from carpenters. and Because I think carpenters and the drywall guys are in the same union. And tapers and painters are in the same union. Got you. Okay. Wow. And that, did you, was it from like the experience of having the union 
the first time you knew right away you wanted to hop into a second union? Oh, yeah, that's for sure. The union had people's back. Yeah, they say it's politics and all that stuff, but in the end, they look out for their their members. That's for sure. Because when I had started as a CNA, which you said you listened to the Karen episodes, yep. so you know exactly what struggles I went through. You kind of know, or they tell you right away, and they say, hey, if you talk about starting a union, you will get fired. Everyone in this building will get fired. They will shut this place down. Like, it's crazy how anti-union certain places are like that just because they don't want to give people a $3 raise or pay for better benefits or something like that. Is that kind of the case? Yeah. yeah. Like I used to work for another company that was non-union and I brought it up and stuff and they were just like, don't talk about that around here. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, yeah, just don't talk about that at all. Okay. And so anyways, that job I didn't like as well. So I just, I was at a hotel doing security. It was just a boring job. And that's right. when I went to, to the construction side, which I fell in love with. And from hopping from one union to the other, are you pretty much going to the same sites? Because I, I know every once in a while you'll post pictures of this, the, the buildings in Chicago and I, I would say you're kind of higher up on the buildings and stuff like that, where I would never have a chance to go. Are those all new buildings they're putting in? And well, you kind of well, had the same as taper to electric, or is it just very day-to-day? I understand your question. So you just, also, like, if it's, like, different buildings I go to every day? Yeah, no, so, like, just... the, the location-wise, because I know you said you want to go into construction, and you mm-hmm. kind of had to fine-tune where you wanted to go by switching unions. Mm-hmm. But are you kind of going to the same areas or is it just wherever they have jobs available? Are you stuck yeah. to a region in Chicago or how, how does that work? Okay. No. Yeah. So basically the unions are in and surrounding areas of Chicago. Uh, right now, currently I'm working in downtown area. Uh, we're doing a, what is it, a 15 story building. And so we're almost done with it, but mm-hmm. I'm actually going to start school soon. So what this union does is basically you work for a few months and then you go to school for a couple of weeks and then you go back to working into the field. Okay. And, and then you do the same thing for second year, third year. And then fourth year is just uh, doing night seminars, fifth year, same thing. And then after the fifth year, you become a journeyman. And then that journeyman status is your you're working pretty much full time. Yeah, yeah, working full time, getting good, making that money, <laughs> making that good, good money. Yeah, that's very good money. The the areas are working in Chicago. Um, are they like the uppity areas or just downtown Chicago right now? So far, just in downtown Chicago where I'm working at at this location. I just started with this company. Okay. So. So right now, I've just been at this site for the past few months. But they usually get around Chicago and a little bit outside the suburbs. Okay. The, union, the union is very strong in Chicago. Definitely. I've heard that from a few different union workers. I'm not too sure how many you know, electric unions or how many painter unions or you know, anything like that. But I had a customer at the phone store I used to work at, and he was part of the welding union in Chicago. There's a, there, at least at the time, there was a two-year wait 
and he he yelled at me to join it. So, you know, in two years, I can make the decision. And I still don't think I've gotten a phone call about it. And that's been three years. So, I mean, it, it's hard to get into. And he said that his work was pretty much summer, winter's off, spotty in spring. And he had like a, a, a chart with the construction. Is it pretty much all year round? Oh, yeah. Yeah, construction is year round, but it depends on the trade. Like, if it's welders, they... Hey, so welcome back, guys. You should have heard a little intermission uh, noise. Uh, I'm learning a little bit with this Discord bot that's that's recording us right now. And yeah, thanks for understanding. But in reference to what we were talking about before, the welder I was helping out at the phone store, he said that their schedule is kind of spotty. Are you able to have like work year-round then? Yeah, yeah, there were. We're working year-round. Like There's always, always indoor. Sometimes you have to work outdoor in the middle of winter. So it's always work, and you just got to find it. Okay. And that's something where your company will let you know, hey, we need you at this location versus you actually going and searching for it? No, yeah. Yeah. If you work for a good company, like me, so far, I'm working for a small shop, maybe a crew of 50 guys, compared to some other companies where they have 300 guys. Mm-hmm. This is more more intimate, more like it feels like a family. Like, so it's, it, feels, it feels good because they, well, they take care of each other. Yeah, that's definitely what I think of when I think of a union. Like, you know, you got your union rep there letting you know, like, hey, we're not going to let people push you around. And then especially if it's smaller like that, I feel like the smaller the group, the more family-like it can be, which it seems like that's the case. Yeah, and it's very nice, dude, because they'll tell you straight up, if it's going to get slow, it's going to get slow, and they'll tell you, okay, go on unemployment, and then we'll call you once there's something. Yeah, and that, that's an awesome fallback i guess you can call it you know where you're not completely out of money they allow you to do something like that where i know some companies uh will ding you or say you can't file unemployment or just don't have a backup option for you right because the previous employer i used to work for when stuff would get slow he would say well i'm gonna go file for unemployment he wouldn't want you to so Mm -hmm. he'll go give you maybe two or three days so you don't have to file for an appointment, but you'll still get some hours. I'm like, well, I'm not making my ends meet. I might need to make more. I'm like, that's not right. So sometimes yeah. I would have to pick up side jobs, which I kind of hate doing. Well, that's actually how I have experience in some electrical, drywall, fence jobs, roofing. It's all really side jobs that I've done uh, with my dad. And you can never really guarantee that they're going to pay as much as you want them to. You can't guarantee the people you're going to work for. There are just a lot of variables that I can see that becomes, let's call it iffy. (laughs) You know, not consistent, iffy. Um, I mean, there are weeks where we wouldn't have had, we wouldn't have had jobs for two months. And if we both didn't have something else more consistent, you know, that'd be a problem. But I mean, it's it's part of the nature of having a side job, you know? No, yeah. 
And it's the only thing that I hate about doing side jobs is that you have to take away time from being with your family. Like, I hate that I'll have to get out of work to go do some lights or do some outlets or just spending, getting away from the family. That's not right for me. I, I want to see my kids grow and other, other, like, just be with the family. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can, you can plan having nine to five. I know you work a little earlier than that, but plan out nine to five every day. That's your work job. Whereas if you need side jobs and your kids are home from school in normal circumstances, you want to be with them from four to six or four to seven after dinner. And now you're working a side job at that time. It, it throws off your rhythm. It does because it's, by the time you know it, they're already grown up. Oh, yeah. Time flies so much. I can only imagine once, you know, Alex and I have kids, how quick it's going to happen. Like, you, you, like, I was told one time by my barber, he's like, he's already an older guy. He's all like, you don't see time fly until you see your kids grow up. I can believe it. You look down and you got this little kid, this little, little four-year-old running around and you notice he graduates fifth grade. He's going to middle school. I'm sure in a, like a, you know, like a snap. Yeah, yeah. We blink of an eye. We're like, damn. It's like, wait, how old am I? <laughs> right. No. Sometimes you lose track of your own age too. I'm like, damn. Like you're just too busy working and like trying to make money. Like, life is not always about money. It's about being with the family. Oh, hundred percent. That's why during our little intermission, we were kind of talking about passive income. That's, I feel like that's why passive income is so important to me. I, I had mentioned to you already, but I'll say it again for the podcast. If I make a dollar with passive income where I'm not making any effort towards making it, it means 10 times more than me working and getting, I don't know, I don't want to say 100 bucks, <laughs> but Ooh. if I'm making money not doing anything, it, it means more to me than actually going out and working my ass off. And one of the things we were talking about is I have my gaming computer. I'm actually running a Bitcoin farm, a little a mining Bitcoin out of it's a single GPU unit. And it's not much. It's like a dollar a day. But if that dollar a day helps me get, you know, enough money to get two GPUs and then three, you know, hopefully that that starts taking over my my computer desk. <laughs> I have graphics cards and motherboards all over the place and I'm making some massive income. <laughs> so I can spend time with my family when I want to. I'm not strapped and I have to say, you know, I can't go out this weekend because I have to work three overtime shifts. Like, I don't, I don't ever want that. And that's awesome because honestly, like, I love what I'm doing. And yes, six to two. That's, that's awesome. I can't yeah. complain. But after a while, your body gets all torn up being in the trades for so long. Like, you see all these guys that are older in the trades. You just start seeing them wearing down, wearing down. Like, I can only do this for so much longer where I'm actually thinking about getting to some type of electrical engineering or something where it's less stressful. More, more mind stressful, but less wear and tear in the body. I've actually I've had a friend tell me this, and he went into the automobile trades like mechanic trade and he he's in it he's in it for a year and he's doing diesel mechanics 
And he said the very first day of the second year, he goes, okay, you guys have paid for this year. You're almost out. This is where I tell you the truth. You learn everything now, work for three to five years, become a teacher. That's how you don't fuck up your body. And he's like, what the fuck? You know, I'm in it a year already. I put all this money towards it. And now you tell me I'm going to fuck myself up. But that's it's part of the trade just because you got to use your hands and get on your knees and do this weird stuff that you're not, your body's not normally doing. It's good money. But if you can't teach it after a while, you're not really going to have a long career. And similar, they told us in nursing school when I was going for that, you do nursing. Find your niche, figure out what you want to do, do it for 10, 15 years, because you can, you know, do that for 10, 15 years without messing up your body, and go into teaching, because the money is teaching. And it's pretty crazy about that, you know? It's it's great you have this career path, and it's great that you love it, but it's already great that you know that you already have a path out, so you don't fuck yourself up to a great extent. That's awesome. Yeah, dude, like, I actually was, like, I'll probably stick another 15, 20 years in the field, but... After that, try to get into electrical engineering or either a project manager or something to do pushing papers. But when I'm older, right now, I'm young, still kicking hard. After a while, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it's a compromise between yourself because, like you said, the younger people will want to get out there, do hands-on, go do stupid shit, not wait for a machine backup. Oh, we can get this whole dog. You know, it's only going to take us five minutes, opposed to or say thirty minutes, opposed to us waiting for the machine. We can get it done, but you don't know the toll that has on your body in ten years. Yeah, you know, you're right. It, and that's that knucklehead mentality. We don't want to sit down and do paperwork too early. Like I didn't think you were going to say another ten, fifteen, or ten, twenty years in the field. I forget the number you said, but <laughs> I th- I thought that was even too long for what you were saying, but. That's our mentality now. That's what we're going to have. We want to be out there and work. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm currently 29, so I'm thinking about by the time, hopefully I'm 50, I don't have to be bending pipe or running wire or doing all these heavy lifting where it just, it'll kill you. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> it'll kill you, especially in the electrical trade. I yeah, had a few incidents. I, I wanted to ask you about that. Do you ever zap yourself to wake up or how? How does oh, that work? <laughs> it's it, it it it's a bad feeling. It's a very bad <laughs> feeling. I give you that. It's not fun. I um one time I was actually working above the ceiling, and um, I checked. Like I have this safety. We call it a wiggy, but it's a, okay. it's a tester. And so basically, you put on the on the wire, see if it's hot or not as you're working. So I tested it, and. It was showing green. And so, okay. And then I do it like three, four times. So it would show red, it didn't show green. Red and then green. All right. So it seems like it's okay. So you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. And sure enough, <laughs> when I cut the wire, I literally grounded myself. Ooh. So I grounded myself from both arms. So current came from my right arm and went off to ground on my left arm on the grid so when that happened currently the current the power of the electricity is co- going through your whole chest right so it crossed my heart and so that's not a good thing to do I would say it, not. 
it would fuck the rhythm of your heart. And that happened to me at least twice already. Ooh. And so a week or two, like you'll start feeling your heart rhythm. Like it's, it's not right. So I had to go check myself out to the hospital and all this other stuff. And then say so everything was fine. So I'm like, all right, cool. And so ever since then, I've been really, really careful. I haven't, if something's live, I'm not going to touch it. Yeah, no chancing it. Okay. Uh-uh. Unless it's unless it's a unless it's really like a hospital if you're working at a hospital because so, hospitals they work on twenty four seven power so sometimes we have to do stuff that's live and so at that time like if it's like small wires for lighting or something that we can just shut it off but like say machinery like if people are on life support and all this other stuff right we have they, we will have to put on this type of gear where. In case of an arc flash, you won't burn yourself. Gotcha. Yeah, the electrical field, it's, it's, it's heavy, heavy stuff. That's got to be interesting, too, because, like you said, different jobs require different skills and different tools. Like, I, I'm, I'm sure that a union wouldn't let you go into the hospital without that gear because they already know. Um, but, yeah, if you didn't know and you got, you got burnt, you said it was an arc flash? Yeah, well, like if in case, like if you're doing something that's dealing with higher voltage, then yeah, you would have to put on like a whole, like a fireproof arc suit and stuff like that. That's that's intense. Yeah, you would have to at least have two or three guys working on the machine, where just in case of emergency or something, you never know. Yeah, I mean, let let's say that you did get zapped, isn't it? Like something where your arms like clamp to it, would someone be able to pull you off of it, or how would that work? So it depends on how much uh, current in the machine. So say if you're not grounded, that's when you get electrocuted. Like basically, if you're not grounded, you won't get electrocuted. But if you do ground yourself, and if it's so much current, you get your muscles get tensed up, and basically, okay. you won't be able to let go. Your muscles get cramped up and you get stuck until so somebody comes in and whacks you with a two by four or something that's not conductive. Because so they they're... can't just they can't just pull you off unless they're wearing a whole what is called a, a non-resistor suit, like something that's not conductive and for they, electricity. They pretty much have to pry you away with something that can't conduct the electric the electricity to themselves. That's scary. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And electrical is a dangerous field, that's for sure. I guess that's why we get, make the most out of all the trades. Yeah, I, I can imagine, you know, actually now, now that I think of it, I had a, I had a, another customer at, at the phone store and he used to ride a bike in all the time. And then we didn't see him for a couple months and he came in and he started telling me to ask Bradley what happened to him. And I, I went to Bradley. I'm like, Hey, what's up? And he's, he, he used to be the ones on the cherry pickers messing with the power lines. Okay. And, Lyman's. Yeah. And he got zapped real bad and he can't use his right hand. So he couldn't ride his motorcycle anymore, man. He was bombed. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, those, those guys, they, they have it rough too. And they have to do it with all that live stuff. So that's, it's just I don't think personally I'd get into it. I know I've I've hooked up some <laughs> some uh are they GFIs, the little plugs? GFI Yeah, uh, the, 
Yeah, GFC guys. Yeah, they, they usually go into like the bathroom or wet areas, kitchen and stuff. I've done a couple of those, and I, I think I've gotten zapped once or twice, but it's nothing bad. You know, it's just like, okay, we're good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I can imagine quick... working with some of that stuff. Yeah, it's just a wake-me-up moment. Yeah, that's the wake-up zap. <laughs> yeah. So we've gone to, like, serious stuff. Are there, like, funny instances of things that you've seen at work? Mm, sometimes. Uh like you already know the type of guys in the field they just punk each other out and stuff like that there's there's one time we had this apprentice we were messing around with like just barely like first week there we were telling him oh we need we need this go go we i think it was called the pipe stretcher <laughs> we told him to go find the pipe stretcher so he didn't know nothing it's like okay he and he was out there for at least two three hours looking for this pipe stretcher <laughs> <laughs> and the foreman comes he's like oh, hey where, where, where is this guy where is this guy? i'm like hey like he's over there somewhere and so he calls him over hey what are you doing i'm like well i'm looking for a pipe stretcher so the foreman comes looks at us and he starts laughing his ass off and told him, <laughs> told him get your ass back to work <laughs> oh my gosh i really hope in reality he was just sitting out there for three hours like oh man i know these guys are trying to get me yeah possibly <laughs> like he was just searching though. He would walk around and look around like all the like all the materials we have different locations in the building and stuff. That's a good one yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just have to have have some fun at work because life is too short, man. Take everything so serious. Oh yeah, I mean especially life is short. And when I I said in the the Karen episode again, referencing you know nursing, you know. People in those fields have a darker sense of humor because they deal with death. It's just kind of something that happens with it, you know? You you have serious work. You've got to ease the tension somehow. Yeah, dude, it, it's, that's, it's, the hospital field is, that's, that's heavy too. That's something that I wouldn't be able to deal with. It's, it's interesting, you know? I lost, it took me a while to lose my first patient that I really cared about. I'd sit there and help her eat, and we'd talk, and very nice lady, but you see her deteriorate, and she goes through the phases of, I'm going to be okay, I'm never leaving this building, I'm going to die, and the stages of, like, her family would never be there for her, so we, we'd call them, and they'd never show up. So I'd sit there and eat lunch with her and there, there were these, all these stages and she died. That's a lot of people can't deal with that. And I think that was the only one that really hurt me. It's bad to say, but you kind of deal with that a lot, you know? So, no. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Like me, I'm, I'm, that's why I don't want to work so much. So I could be there for my family. Like I don't want to be stuck in a nursing home or somewhere where I'm not with my family. Yeah. Where they could see me pass. Yeah, dude, yeah. it's rough. Like, just being by yourself and nobody around you that you don't know, and they're just coming here seeing if you're okay, that's it, and walking out and you're by yourself. Yeah, what pissed me that's... off about that one was the family showed up the day after she died to get her things without hesitation, and they never showed up when she was alive. It it fucks with you, man. Shit like that fucks with you in that field. Yeah, dude, that's, it's, it's rough. And I, honestly, it depends on the person too, not just the family. It also depends on the person how they were, because she oh, they yeah. might have did something that younger that 
they pushed them away and basically just they didn't want to do anything with them. So there's yeah. it, it, it's both ways. Yes, yeah. she might be she might have been like already in her deathbed, but it sucks that nobody was there for her. But she might have been the one that pushed them away. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, I definitely feel that. I I understand where it comes from, where you know, different jobs require different fortitudes. That's yeah. <laughs> a good yeah, way to put it. Yeah. You true. you have to be able to accept dead patients and probably blood on you at some point to be yeah, in that field. The, you know, the med- electrical. The med- you gotta get zapped every once in a while. Yeah. Hey, they say you're not a true electrician until you get zapped. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I know recently you've been talking about reading like a motivational book. You want to you want to kind of talk about that? Sure. Yeah, man. I, I'm actually fell in love with this book, dude. I'm actually not a big reader. Um, the last time I read, I the last time I, I actually never I never felt pleasure in reading, so I picked up this book. And you want to give the name of the book just so people kind of understand? The Ma- Motivation Manifesto. That's a, it's, I, it, it got to me. It really got to me. I'm, I'm, I hate to say it, but it's just, it's so good. I hate to brag about it. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's actually empowered me so much that it's, it, I feel pleasure in reading books now. Where back then, I wouldn't even pick up the newspaper or pick a book or nothing. I would just be, always be on my phone. But like, after that, it just gets boring. There's no entertainment. Like, you watch videos where you just, online watching stupid videos there's no learning yeah i i kind of read a few different books as well and i do want to get back to your specific book the not your book but the book you've been reading the motivation manifesto because i would like to hear more about it from someone who's read it you know but i was i was at home and i i'm looking up you know these these youtubers where my YouTube kind of goes in like shifts, right? Mm-hmm. So the algorithm will push certain people at certain times and then they'll dip down and you won't see them for a couple months and they pop back up. I've been in the stock market and I've been kind of dabbling, you know, where I should invest mm-hmm. money, passive income, all that stuff. And certain YouTubers come up and certain book recommendations come up. And the one that really started it for me was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I'm not sure if you've read that one yet, but that one's a really good finance book. Okay. It's the big premise of that book is pretty much to stop spending money on liabilities, you know, things that are going to cost you money and start building assets. And one of the biggest things in that book is your home is a liability unless you can make it make money for you, then it's an asset. And once I started reading that, I started going to, you know, a few other books and that's actually where the passion came to start doing the passive income, make money with side jobs, put that towards the passive income and start building that wealth. What, what effect did the, uh, the motivation manifesto have on you? I know you recently just finished it, but what are you planning to do after, since you've read this book? Well, ever since I've read this book, it's just, I want to give back into reading. Like, I really want to, like, I was filled with so much anxiety, like, so much stuff that's going around the world. Like, I, mean, I was getting everything from my, from Facebook to Instagram, all that shit. It's mm-hmm. just, 
so much bullshit that I needed to turn away. And that's when I picked up this book. And this book basically motivated me to read. And maybe I want to organize everything where I could get myself situated in life where I don't have to struggle. And basically get my life in order. Because honestly, I was living my life day by day by day by day. I wouldn't okay. was I wasn't thinking the for the next day or the week. I wasn't doing nothing. I wasn't planning my day. And then basically this book helped me either get my stuff together. And it's it's been positive for me. It's it's having me reclaim my power, my my will, my freedom. Yep. That that statement alone, you know, so many people don't have that. It's really great to hear you're finding it again. Because when you're a kid, at least for me, I had certain goals where I knew I was going to do them and certain ones where it was like a day-to-day -day kind of thing. So if I told myself, hey, I want to hit a home run by the end of the year, I, I would be in the batting cages, but that would be my one focus. Whereas day-to-day -day life was, I'm going to play this game, let me get through this, I'm going to hang out with this person. And becoming older, you know, you start realizing that the more long-term goals you're going after, the more they kind of help each other out and the more they kind of blend together. And so, it's true. Well, because it's you read this that... book, you want to read more books, which are going to help you, you know, let's say that you start reading books that are more for pleasure. You start reading, I don't know, uh, was it fiction? Fiction mm -hmm. books are the ones that are, you know, like Harry Potter or whatever. Right, right, um, right. Say you start reading those books. And that gets you into more reading the nonfiction books, which my nonfiction book choice is like history. So, right. like I said before, I want to I want to read uh, *Sapiens*, which is about how *Homo sapiens* developed to the where we are. That's the history and biology of of the past, and that I don't think would have happened unless I started reading a, a couple of these motivational books. So, do you have anything else on your read list that you're going to be reading uh, in the near future? Yeah, this book I just picked up. It's called um, "Organizing the Mind." It okay. says it basically it's a book where it's how to organize your life with with all this chaos that's going on, with all this information, all this non non useless information that's coming towards your Facebook feed and all this other stuff. Like how to push it away and use the stuff that you have and what to gain and how to set your goals and all this other stuff. So I'm, I'm actually excited to read this book. It's a little bit, it's about 200 pages more than the book I just read, but hey, I'm willing to put in the effort. That's awesome. Again, that one book started you out and now you're starting to branch out. What I, I would want to hear back from you, you know, once you read that other book, I would love to know if it mentions anything with the dopamine and stuff you're getting from Facebook. Um, so definitely let me know about that because I've read a couple books where we have so many quote unquote dopamine drips in our life that it's, it's not funny. <laughs> like yeah. you've got 13 year old kids who only want to be on Instagram for likes and follows. And if someone doesn't like their stuff, they're, they're feeling whack, you know, they're out of whack and they'll cry. And it's like, well, why are you crying? Well, Susie got 15 likes on her picture and my picture only got 13 likes. That's a problem. And where I started to really 
realize that is if I would sit and play a video game and I'd beat like a level that I couldn't beat before, or you level up like in Call of Duty, you level up and all right, I'm prestige level 40. It's not 40. Let's say level four. I'm prestige level four now back in the day. Cool. I, I have accomplished something. Whereas now the, the greatest accomplishments I get recording a podcast, I get a rush of dopamine. Um, editing the podcast and, and posting it, rush of dopamine. Hearing it posted through my application where I can read podcasts, read podcasts, uh, listen to podcasts, hearing my voice, knowing that it all worked out, rush of dopamine. So I've been kind of shifting my stuff around. So that would be really interesting to see if that book kind of mentioned that because I knew you mentioned it said stuff with Facebook. I, I really want to see that out of that book. Yeah, the, I'm really excited reading about this book because you already know what's going on around the world. This is so much stuff that's not funny. Yeah, especially and now. It, and you need something to get away. Like, like there's a thing with me. Like, if I'm on my phone, I'm gonna just get lost on my phone. I'm gonna just start going into stuff that I don't even find interesting. Like, where here I could open up this book, knowing like what I'm gonna expect or something like that, and I won't get distracted. I'll go into my room or just read for two or three hours and just chill, lose my mind in the book instead of losing my mind in Facebook or the news or something like that. Especially with upcoming elections, where it's gonna be hectic, fear chaos. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a light way of putting it. So I'd rather just get my lo- my my lost in the books, where it helps me organize my life instead of going through the whatever that's out there yeah definitely that, that's awesome again it's starting out from this small little seed it's going to branch out to a bigger tree I, I the way i look at it for you to be completely honest with you the fact that you are willing to bounce between the two unions find something that worked for you and now you're happy and doing what you want to do this can only lead to good things in your life. You know, you've already had the motivation to find what you want to do in life. So this is just going to help you get further and further, which I'm definitely happy to hear for you. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. It was just, it took a lot of, honestly, it took a lot of, a lot of ups and downs. That's for sure. Like literally like I was having trouble with my relationship. It was just mostly due to financing, but I'm situated now where it's, I can only move forward from now where, which I'm happy to do in my career. And I could just advance where just look at the positive side. Like in this book was telling me that you're going to have your moments of sadness, angriness, but it's your choosing. It's your choosing to be this, uh, this kind of mood where at the next moment you could be happy and joyful. And then that's in this book telling me like, you know what, live your life joyfully. Like, don't be so sad. Forget about the past. Forget yesterday. Forget what happened the minute before mm-hmm. just move forward and think now and forward think what you're doing and and think what you want to do in the future and so that's why i'm basically doing what i'm loving and hopefully doing something else where i'm actually reading now and i'm loving it and i find pleasure in reading that that alone is something where it kind of brings you forward to the next level because there are some people who can't sit and read or people, I get antsy. 
So for me, when I sit and read, I have to maybe read in 15 minute increments or, you know, 20 minute increments and try to increase it. You know, it's like working out at the gym. Sorry, that sounded weird. Working out at the gym, you have to have it where you start small and go forward and forward. So for me, I started reading kind of smaller motivational books. And like you said, this next book you have is 100, 200 pages more, but you're accepting the challenge to read it. Um, the only thing I will say is the best financial book I've probably read is it's called The Richest Man in Babylon. And it just teaches you the way to become wealthy. Okay. Is the easiest way I can put it. It's a short-ish book. And that is one book I got on my Kindle that I'm going to be picking up in, in, in person, you know, an actual copy. Because that's book, uh, that's a book where if anyone ever has any questions for me, I want to hand it to them, be like, here, read it. I want it back in a week because it's short. I want it back yeah. in a week. This is what I want you to read because it has like, it has the sections where it says, what did what did you learn from this this and this? Kind of like, kind of like a school worksheet, I would say. Mm-hmm. So it's giving you a workbook to kind of work through it with the book. You don't have to use it. You can just read the chapters, but it kind of helps you reflect on it if you need to go back into it and read it. That that's so, one like, book I recommend. So this guy, the richest man in Babylon, is it, what type of wealth is he talking about? Though, so, like, he's talking about like money, financial wise, or like life type of wealth, like live by means, like you don't need more, like be doing what you love. Is it more about financing though? This one in particular, kind of, I think it's. I think it's listed as a finance book. So I think it's okay. purely finance, but each, I wouldn't even call them chapters. Each section of the book okay. describes this man in different parts of his life. And to start it out, it starts with him in a hole. You know, he's got multiple lenders. Obviously it's back in olden times with in Babylon and he's got multiple lenders he owns money too. And it kind of talks about how to get out of that hole and how to start building your wealth once you're out of that hole. And it's just a real powerful book because it can, it can affect multiple people in different parts of their life where some books only talk about getting out of debt. Some books only talk about real estate. Some books only talking about paying off certain credit cards. This book kind of covers it all in a broad sense that's going to make sense to anyone reading that book. That's 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 where I'm at with it. I still want to pick up a physical copy, even though I have it on Kindle, so I can hand it to people who ever have any questions about financial life. So that that's what I would recommend if if you are looking for something financial to boost you in that area. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, help me out. Yeah, I got it. I got. I'll check parts, check it out, read about it online, see what's up. But you say it's called uh, the richest man in Babylon. Nice. And it, like I said, it's a short read. That one I think I finished in a day. I had like an hour or two of free and it, it was finished. But wow. it it really does help out. Like, I, I keep saying like this episode because I don't have someone face-to-face to keep reminding me. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but it helps to a great extent. I'll put it that that's, way. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I'm happy for you that you're so motivated in this doing podcasts and financial wealth and all the other stuff man it's it's awesome dude the podcast itself too it's not 
this isn't meant for money. You know, I keep mentioning finance stuff because it's coming out of me because I'm talking more and more on the mic. And with me being so invested in the financial branch of my life right now, like we said earlier, the Bitcoin farm or the Bitcoin mining, it's something where I'm, I'm pulling it up on my phone every couple hours being, hey, I earned 26 cents doing absolutely nothing. It doesn't seem like a lot, but it, it's awesome. Or I don't know if this one's going to come to fruition. I think that's how you say that word or how you use that word. Uh-huh. But I've been looking into ATM businesses and it's about $5,000 to get started. But you, you're able to buy an ATM, pop it somewhere, place it somewhere, say a gas station. And that's just making you passive income. You, you have to fill it once or twice, depending on how often it's used. So you can't make it too far away from your home. But for every time someone pulls out, say the maximum is $200. But every time someone pulls out money out of that ATM, boom, $4 in your account. I'll take it. You know, it's, it's just something where passive income is king. Because I can do passive income while I'm working a normal job. And this isn't really the direction I thought that the podcast was going to go into, uh, <laughs> talking about passive income. But it's it's such, what's good way to put it? It's drilled in my brain right now to an extent where it's pretty much what I think of daily. I need to think of some other ways to get passive income. Or how can I earn $25 to put into my Yada savings account to get another lottery ticket for the week? Stuff like that. But that's good, dude, that you're actually having some type of way where you don't have to do nothing, but it's getting getting you money. That's awesome. And actually, I might get into it, too. We'll have to bounce back and forth with some of these ideas because, again, if you start watching some of these videos or you start watching some uh, or reading some of these books, I follow someone on YouTube. And his claim to fame on there is buying things to make passive income. He's at the 40000 a month level. He's wow. crazy into it, but he was really smart. He started off with a laundromat, I believe. And you got to think, laundromat, you've got everyone, everybody running clothes through it. You check it once a week and collect the coins. That's pretty much all you have to do with it. And I am excited to watch this man open his machines to get quarters out of a box. That's how dedicated I am to passive income right now too that's awesome that's awesome it, it, you start off small you start off small exactly that's, that's, that's what it's it a... is and I, I can tell you this right now in 10 15 years from now i'm going to be happy for every passive dollar i earn even if i'm earning forty thousand dollars passively a month every dollar is going to mean so much to me because it just means that i'm able to do what i want to do like right. you said earlier you want to spend time with your family you don't want to waste life is continually working. So true. So true, man. That's <laughs> that's where it's at, because you want to be with your family until the day you die. Oh, absolutely. And you don't want to just be working and working where people just see you and just for a few hours and you go home, you go to sleep, and they won't see you until next day for a few hours, and that's it. It's, I don't like that. The few hours part is hitting home right now, too, because 
Alejandra is in nursing school, so she'll be here at my desk. She'll be doing school. She'll go to work. And when I was working in the mornings, she would come home at 10, 8 or 10. I'd see her for two hours a day. That, that, that's rough, you know? Yeah, it takes a toll on the relationship. Like, it, it, you, the thing is, that's a good thing because you're, you're willing to put up with it. And she's willing to get her life in order, her career going, and you're helping her out. Yeah. It's a relationship. So it's her gain and your gain where it's a relationship. And I will say our relationship is fairly strong because we're both kind of in the understanding where if I better her, realistically, it's to better us. Mm-hmm. It, we're not in it for ourselves. We're in it for each other. Right. So when I keep talking about I made uh, a dollar, I'll just use a dollar mark. I made a dollar on this this stock today. And she's like, oh, hell yeah, awesome. Or uh, I had my podcast open on my computer and the most adorable moment happened. She she looked by and she saw how much the podcast has made, which full disclosure, every time you listen to that anchor ad in the beginning of the podcast, it, it's a very small amount of money, but it adds up. And she saw the number and she's like, oh my God, we passed blank. We passed $3. I forget what it was. She passed $3. Awesome. And she gave me a hug. That's all I need. <laughs> that's all I need. That's, that's, that's awesome because she's positive. It's all about positive, being positive in your life. Yes, you'll have your rough moments, but you always get beyond that where it's being more positive for each other. Like if it's a dollar that you get from the podcast, that's awesome that she's supporting you. That's awesome. That's, that's true love right there. That's actually just. It's a strong relationship. Yeah. Instead of somebody just being so selfish and telling you know, what's this and what's that, that's not good. Being negative, that's, that's not the type of life you want. And I, I feel that the passive income, no person in the world will ever say that me being able to earn money without working is bad. You know, If I were to tell you, hey, I can pay you $10, let's say $10 a month just because, you'd be ecstatic. <laughs> Oh yeah, I would. I wouldn't mind getting extra ten dollars a day or a month in my sorry. But it's, it's money, money. Money is money, yeah. and it, it helps out every everywhere every, it goes. Yeah, dude, every cent. But as you know, it is Spooktober, uh, Halloween, spooky season. Um, I got a couple questions for you, and then sure. as you know, the famous crypto zoology conspiracy theory ending of the podcast so i asked peter a few questions what is your favorite halloween candy my favorite halloween candy what were those ones called the corn ones i think the candy corns yeah candy corns no, I'm just kidding. I don't like those. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Everybody hates those. I know that for sure. No, I was just I about to say that. It's it's either you love them or you absolutely hate them. Honestly, I'm going to go with the, with the name brand. Absolutely. Drop it. Oh, okay. Uh, Crunch. Crunch Bar? Yep. Crunch Bars are my favorite. I like Crunch Bars are solid. That, that's a good favorite. choice. I love those. They uh, when they came out with the the Crunch Bunch, the I, 
crunch a bunches. There was something I want to see what they're called. I think it's Crunch Bunch. Yeah, the the bunch of crunch. Uh, they're like in the movie theater boxes. Yep, yep, and, yeah. Like, and they're the like the popcorn. smaller pieces. Yeah. They're like, oh, dude, they're bomb, dude. And I just stuck my face. Well, you can take a handful of those and eat them. Or mm-hmm. what I did is I liked putting, I kind of made a makeshift milkshake, which for people who don't know, listen to the podcast, the milkshake is just ice cream and milk. Um, I would mix that in a bowl and just make it like kind of like a frosty consistency. And I'd put the bunch of crunch, like crunch bunches in there. Boom. It, it just like made it like a, a frosty with the crunch in it. Flawed. Damn. Dude, yeah. I'm taking it out of I'm going to make do it. <laughs> next next time I see you, I want you to be like, man, that was the best thing ever. Hell uh, yeah, I will. Watch. I'll probably end up going to Walgreens right now and getting all that stuff together. <laughs> all right. I need, I need a, a – send me a message on Discord. Like I said, we're recording on Discord. So send me a message on here when you do it. Um, <laughs> but number two, you could dress up as anything for Halloween. Budget isn't an option. What would you dress up as? What can I dress up as? Anything? Anything. So budget's not an option. Uh, I'm going to give it... This is a slam dunk choice because if anyone could have this, they would do it, obviously. But say, like, you can do anything with a costume you want to. You can have a fully functional Iron Man suit. Right? Dude. Dude, it would function as Iron Man suit, but right. you can wear it. You can have the lights everywhere, and you can have it all like functioning pretty much, not like Mr. Tony Stark does. But you have a full suit that's acting as an Iron Man suit. That's how much money you can spend. Dude. What, what would you dress up as? Dude, Iron Man's my guy. There it is. <laughs> Iron Man's my guy, bro. I, since I was little, I used to play with his toys. I, I love when he, they used to have like, the Iron Man, and they used to have the projector going out of his hand, dude. Yeah. Dude, I used to... I played with him, so I he, I broke the pieces like literally. I didn't take care of them because I used I used them everywhere. Yeah, you're a kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was playing them in the dirt outside when I took bass. It was just everywhere with me. And then I felt sad when I broke his arm. Like, and then I started losing pieces. <laughs> the pieces started crumbling from there. Yeah, but Iron Man's Iron Man's where to go for if I had any type of cash. Iron Man. But one time in high school, though, I did dress up as a nun. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I just imagine a lot of people choosing the Iron Man suit because he's popular right now with, with the Marvel Cinematic Universe going on. Yeah. Um, that's why I was using the example. I had no clue who's your favorite. That's awesome. No, that was no, a yeah. real slam dunk. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, yeah, it was, dude. It was. Iron Man is... I actually, I'm actually considering getting a tattoo of the Iron Man, like, the classic Iron Man tattoo. That'd be really cool. Like the OG, like, bucket-looking Iron Man? Maybe a little newer. <laughs> the bucket, yeah. But I'll go probably a little bit newer, like 90s, probably. Oh, well, 90s. yeah, the one you grew up with, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember the uh, the old school, like, I think he looked like a bucket, right? Yeah, yeah, he had a bucket, I guess, like in the 70s, I think, or yeah, like the original character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that one'd be cool too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, uh, not for a tattoo though. <laughs> It'll be there forever. <laughs> uh funny enough, I have a, a friend Thor um that we play D D with. 
and he has a picture of Thor on his arm. Really? Yeah, Thor has a tattoo of Thor. That's actually a pretty cool name to name your son, Thor. That's what I thought too. I was like Thor, like oh, we're going nicknames, like you know when, uh, <laughs> you know when uh, Doctor Strange is like I'm Doctor Strange. He's like oh, we're doing we're doing play names. Uh, I'm Spider Man. <laughs> That's what I thought. Oh, that was yeah. the exact moment. <laughs> oh yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Actually, Doctor Strange is one of my favorite uh, uh, Marvel heroes too. Doctor Strange and Iron Man. He's one that I actually want to start reading into old comics because I hear they're mm-hmm. batshit crazy. Where are they? I don't know. I haven't read any, but I, he's one of my comics, though, like one of my favorite ones. Here. When I saw the movie, I was like, this is perfect. I love the character. I need to read more. And I haven't gotten it yet. So if anyone needs a gift for me for Christmas, they have these big trade backs. Um, you can get them at comic shops or they can order them for you. You can probably get them on Amazon, too. But they'll have classic blank stories like classic spider-man stories and it goes back and they reprint the the hardest hitting episodes or comic series you know prints from back when spider-man was fairly new they have collections like that where volume one of spider-man here are the craziest stories they have those with everyone so x-men doctor strange fantastic four you can pick those up for anyone who's a fan of them that's a great christmas idea that's awesome. Yeah, so that's I would want the Doctor Strange one because I hear his old stuff is crazy because he's oh. he's he's like the balance of the universe. So he's going crazy places and dealing with crazy things. And I think there was a point where he was in hell dealing with like devil cows or something. I don't know. That's really? how crazy it is. Yeah. So yeah, I wouldn't doubt it because he's able to go to different dimensions and stuff. So so I just hear that's it's a, it's fucking crazy with this old stuff. But check out. And then lastly, um, what what would you like to talk about a conspiracy that's been on your mind? Let's talk about that. Conspiracy. Yeah. I don't know if you're a big conspiracy guy. No, I was. I am somewhat. I've actually been looking into the whole financial Federal Reserve system. Okay. Well, what what about it specifically? So how it's basically branched by these top corporate um, bankers back in the day with uh, J.P. Morgan, a few guys from Citibank, and uh, what it's called, Wells Fargo. All these top guys, they wanted a financial system. So they created a Federal Reserve where they have a system of money. Basically, they control the system with money. They I don't know if you heard about what happened with J.P. Morgan, where, no, where they they got fined for what was it called for um, manipulating the the market with metals. With they metal? got yeah with metals or steel or something like that. They got fined for like a couple hundred million dollars because they were manipulating the system, where they had these tons of tons of steel in one location and they were moving to another location. I wasn't okay. really sure how it was that how they did it, but they were fine manipulating the system with their money. All right. So with the... I wonder if that was before the SEC. Uh, no, I know was... now the hmm? it was recently actually. It was few... Oh. It's been I think it happened maybe like last year, but they just got fined recently. 
because I was like me, I'm a big NPR guy. I love NPR. I'd be listening to NPR from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep. Okay. So it's that's very vital information in NPR. Like nobody owns it. It's public radio. It's where you want information to be true. I know Cruz has been listening to it a lot when he drives around. <laughs> that's funny because I put him on. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you may convince me to start listening too because if I run out of podcasts to listen to and I'm out doing stuff, I need something. So I may t- I may toss that on too. Yeah, dude. Like the thing, like the when I turn on my car, NPR. When sometimes when I'm at work, I don't listen to to music, NPR. Mm-hmm. Like or podcasts. I'm like, like it's it's vital information. Like it's it's publicly fun. Like they talk about Facebook about what bad stuff they're doing and. They say, "Oh, Facebook is sponsor of, of us," but they're still talking about it. They're not, they're not basically controlled. Okay, so you get a so, lot of the news stations that are sponsored by, I don't know, say Google, and you can't talk shit about Google anymore. They don't care. Like, hey, no, this this no. this thirty minute block of us shit talking Facebook is brought to you by Facebook. Yeah, they <laughs> not Yeah, yeah. Basically, like they actually talk about how. Um, I don't know what Google did, but they actually did something that wasn't right, and they actually publicized it. And then they were in control. They didn't, they didn't tone it down or nothing like that. And you hear stuff that's going around, like what's going around in Europe and Asia, living in Africa and all that stuff around the world. So it's vital information in that NPR station. So, like, it's for me, it's a lifeline. I, I definitely have to start checking it out because I know just I'm sure just hearing it or hearing these stories in a more professional manner versus I don't I don't use Facebook much. I just started posting the, the podcast on Facebook and stuff like that. So I'm not really on there, but I know those fake news stories and stuff pop up all the time where it's like, right. And COVID, then you get... People mm-hmm. are anti-maskers saying COVID doesn't do anything and they'll post up these fake stories and stuff like that. Like, that's not how that works. Right. Because, like, for me, like, I would always, like, if there's stuff that I want to know about or stuff that's going on, I would have to go through different news sources. And, like, sometimes it's real, sometimes it's not. You have to find your own information because people post up stuff that's, that's happening, that they think it's happening now, but it happened two years ago. They don't look at the date. They just post. Right, so that's exactly. why... I, that's why, honestly, I deleted my Facebook account. Well, I didn't delete it, but I just cut off the app where I don't have to pay attention. I could just get away from that life where I could just branch out and do my own stuff. Because, honestly, I would spend three to four or five hours just bullshitting on Facebook. And yeah. It's, it's wasted time that you don't, that you don't want. Like, it's just, you, well, could, do something, you I, could do something else with that. I remember when they started the endless scrolling on Facebook, where originally it was you got so far on a page and you had to click the next button. What they found out was people were limiting themselves and said, okay, I've got two more pages and I'm going to get off Facebook. And they'd go one, two, okay, I'm off. And they would log off Facebook. Whereas now, because you can endlessly scroll, you never really have a limiter and you just keep going and going and going. That's where it becomes addictive, and that's where people will repost and do all this stuff where they have those fake news stories. Now people are always watching their Facebook to where those actually have validity. 
So I completely agree. Right. I, I don't have Facebook on my phone. I'll typically download it, have it for a couple days. If Cruz, DJ Ferocious, is doing a live set, um, which I'll post his stuff in the link because we've been talking about him uh, down below in the description. Uh, I'll Cruise. <laughs> Cruise getting a shout out. Not even on the episode, getting a shout out. Um, I'll download it if he's doing his DJ stuff because that's the only way I can watch it. Or if I post up about the podcast, I'll typically keep it on for a day or two to see how many people have seen it. And if anyone has questions about it, I, I leave it on there. But that's about it. I don't like it. It's... It is too addicting. I'll say it. When you see all those memes and those videos of people falling on their faces and all that stuff just becomes too addicting. Yeah, dude. And then you see a bunch of stuff that just pisses you off. Like, it is nonsense. Like, like I, I'm not... I don't, I don't know if I can talk about politics, but I'm not... I did the last for, episode. <laughs> I, I didn't catch the last episode, my bad, but no, I didn't... No, no, no. It's not even out yet. I'm just saying, when I recorded oh. it, I was like, I am not talking about politics. Oh. And then it, it turned into the uh, Trump and Biden debate, and then it yeah. turned into my my beliefs that pot, pot should be federally federally legalized. Um, so I completely went off, and then Peter actually called me out. He's like, "I thought you said you didn't want to talk about politics here, buddy." So you can talk about it. That's cool. Okay. Well, yeah, dude. Like me, I'm not far right or far left. Like I'm in between. Like I call myself as an independent person. Mm-hmm. Like I judge the person by their character not by their party like me like fuck trump fuck biden <laughs> they're both they're both pieces of shit they both work for top elite but trump is more fuck everybody but me like he's he's trying to fuck the system that's for sure he's fucking the system where trump is i mean with biden he's trying to save the system not for us but for him and his people where the wealthy like I was actually reading uh, on NPR. They were talking about it. They were saying how was it NPR? Well, they were saying every time there's a clusterfuck in the system mm-hmm. where the economy gets fucked up, you always see who always profits it, profits from the crash system. Not the poor people, but the rich people. Every time you always see people getting richer. The rich get richer every time the economy hits its bottom. Okay, and it's fucked yeah. up. It's fucked up because what? What? Who is the backbone of this country? The middle class. But in the end, the rich always get richer. And so it's always a system for, for the rich, basically. Not for us. And so that's why my politics, I always judge the person. Like, not the Republicans, but the Democrats. I judge the person, not the group. Yeah, I, I feel that would be a really good way to go about it. It's just our our system is so locked into a you have to choose one of these options, otherwise your vote, vote doesn't count. Right. So this is a good time to say, I don't give a fuck who you vote for. Just go out and fucking vote. Whatever you yeah. believe in, you need to vote. Go and vote. Go and vote. Like me? Like if I... If... I wish I had a system where if I had enough money or a really good with computers or some type of system where I could have a, a app or some type of website where individuals could check what the representative is doing currently, where it keeps track of them. You understand me? Because yeah, you, like, you know how right now with politics, they're always a 
fucking corporations are up their asses. They basically corporations write their bills so they could get passed through Congress. Mm-hmm. They should they should make a law or some type of database where we can keep track of politicians while they're doing this type of law passing bill or whatever. What's going on? What where do they stand by or how's their record? Like it's hard to find information on each people because you have to find you have to go through too much resources online. It's just it's crazy. I know there are certain trackers and stuff like that you can find online, but there's no one overarching system for it. Whereas there's a website now that's telling you how many times Trump has lied in office. There's a website now that's telling you how many times Trump has golfed while in office and how much it's cost the American people. But there's right. no official report of it. So you have to take it at your own you know, discretion. Is right. this source legit? Or is it right. biased against Trump? Right. And you can have a million people who are biased against Trump who want to believe it. But if it's not real, it's not real. So right. having an actual .gov website doing it would be something you, I would say many people should trust because it's from the government. Right. But because it's not third party, people wouldn't trust it because it's from the government. So right. leads, if they were to do it, what can they gain from it? What can they benefit from it is really what it comes down to. People would just deny it's a thing. That's all it is. So right. It's... It's good. I like it in theory. Yeah, I definitely would like to know. Or you come across something where you feel that someone someone lobbying with money for a, uh, a presidential candidate, right? Mm-hmm. If you say they can't do it, now you're violating their freedom of... I'd say freedom of speech isn't 100% it. But you have a freedom to back it up. I think speech is part of it. You're 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 actively going for someone with your money is that which freedom is that i'll beat myself up if i don't know <laughs> there there's an argument that says you're you're going against the freedom of the constitution um one of the freedoms one of the, the bill of rights i want to just say it's it's one of the freedoms i'm not going to look it up right now but you're going against someone's freedom to to lobby for someone whereas you have people who can lobby millions of dollars versus the average person like people were donating 750 dollars to biden because that's how much trump had paid on his tax return right so you can do any form of it so i understand yeah it's it's heavy that's why that's why i did it in my facebook account because you already know that these coming up months where it's going to be nothing but ads and ads and ads and ads, and ads. the ads apparently going to be really bad like I know Twitter's been doing their part and trying to limit stuff and like blocking what Trump has been sending out because it's been like malicious or uh, white supremacy based or people are saying different stuff on there and like videos he's posting. Uh, I can only imagine how bad it's going to get on all social media platforms. It's going to be pretty bad. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm just worried that at the end he's trying to cause a race riot. Yeah, that's what he, if he try, if he loses, he's gonna throw much fit where he wants to, he he wants chaos. He, that's what he wants. He wants chaos. He doesn't want people to unite. Well, Biden's already said that he has attorneys ready if he wants to recount the votes a million times, because he's expecting full force against him to receive the office, which is not classy for a president. But right, 
if, if you like Trump, he's your jam. Uh, you know, that's your choice. I just want people to go out and vote. Just vote for her, whoever you want. I don't care what side. Just vote. Just vote. That's, yeah, that's all I can right. say about this segment. Vote because it's your right to vote. Doesn't matter what you believe. Vote for who you believe. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. But I will say the only weird part about recording on Discord is I didn't start a timer when we started. Oh, shit. So I don't know how long we've been recording, but I feel like it's been a, a, a decently long episode. Well, you sent me a message at 4.33, but it's 5.37. And I know I put, I think before we started recording the first time, it was like 4.01. So I'm not sure you said there's one. We should be about an hour. Moral of the story. So, uh, you have the final words. I don't know if you have any side hustles, if you want to post anything, if you want to shout out anything. Uh, I just say live life every day. Don't. Like, what was it? Let me find that quote. Give me a quote. It's a quote <laughs> from Bob Marley. Or... Bob Marley? Yeah, it's a quote. It says life is life is something. Give me a second. Yeah. Life, right, here we go. All right, Bob Marley quote, right? Life is one big road with a lot of signs. So when you're roughing through the rust, don't complicate your mind. Leap from hate, mischief, and jealousy. And there it is. That's it. I think that's it. All right. Yeah. So with that. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, it will, it, there's more to the quote. <laughs> Read it, read it. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. I'm going to read it again. Life is one big road with a lot of signs. When you're riding through the rust, don't complicate your mind. Flee from hate, mischief, and jealousy. Don't bury your thoughts. Put your vision to reality. Wake up and live. That's it. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> well, thank you for hopping on. Like I said, if anyone wants to talk, just let me know. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for working through the Discord issues and errors. Um, I think we've we've got a decent recording out of it. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm in, a, in a month or two, I'm down for another one. Yeah, absolutely. I'll let you know. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for being on. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you guys later. Take it easy.